You would not believe what I just saw today. Uh, it, it was like an LED remote-controlled sigil of Baphomet. One of the most innovative and customizable satanic products in memory. I don't suppose you know where I could get one. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey meant for but few. Take my hand and we'll ramble with Reverend Campbell and Nine Senses' devilish crew. Sense. Nine Sense is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. I'm being joined today by John Shaw of IceSatanist.com. How are you, my man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. I'm really excited, and actually, we're going to be talking about IceSatanist.com at the tail end of this episode in the Creature Feature segment, so look forward to that. But before, let's uh, go over what else we have in store for this episode. The Devil's Advocate, we're going to be talking about the fifth satanic sin heard conformity people you might be <laughs> you might be committing this sin without thinking that you're committing this sin uh it's okay just i don't know praise mary or jesus for a little while and he may forgive you <laughs> not, not satan no you're fucked there but but jesus will forgive an infernal informant egregious threats against cops but wilson not asked to quit chief says and justices way late <laughs> Limits of free speech over the internet. That's right. This may be the last episode of Nine Cents. <laughs> free speech is stopped. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for the show uh, proper. couple notes I want to hit on. But uh, first, what did you do, John, for Thanksgiving? Oh, gluttony day, as uh, uh, Magus, Magus Gilmore uh, put it. Uh, I, yeah. love, I love calling it that instead of Thanksgiving. Um, I ate my ass off. I, I might have actually eaten my ass. I don't know. I put so much stuff in my mouth. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Moments of uncomfortable, like I had this biting sensation, but uh, it's all good. Usually, <laughs> all good. yeah, usually I'll, uh, I'll unbutton the top button. I think to this year I went for two. <laughs> A two-button holiday. Holy <laughs> shit. It has been some time since I've done that myself. It's got it. Yeah. So do you have family over? Is it just your intimate family or do you have friends over? Or what, what's the deal? We, we, don't, we never really host. Uh, we live about 20 houses away from my wife's father uh, who hosts and we just go over there and, and mooch off them. It's great. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we, I, because my family is uh, religious and my wife's family is eh, kind of uh, religious on the side, we tend to just avoid it all. Uh, religion doesn't have a lot to, or anything really to do with Thanksgiving, no. but whenever you get into those situations, it becomes somehow inherently religious. It's really frustrating. You get these prayers and you get people holding hands and I'd, I'd rather just avoid it all. And so we do. And we ended up like just hosting our own and any friends or uh, friends, families that don't have anywhere else to go that maybe want to hang out with some sinners who drink are very welcome to come over and kick kick it at our place. And so um, this year it was actually just my nephew and let me, I, I want to ask you a question here really quick before I get into this. Mm. Do you pronounce it Kraken Rum or Kraken Rum? Have you ever heard of Kraken Rum? 
I've never actually heard of that. No. Okay, so it's it's as the sea creature named after the sea creature. Uh, how do you how would you pronounce that? Kraken or Kraken? I would probably pronounce it Kraken, uh, just simply based off of how I've heard it in uh, movies. You know, they release the Kraken. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, you know, I kind of would would say it that way. I don't really know <laughs> if, if there's I a problem. Say it. I might owe my nephew an apology then because I didn't think about how I'd heard it in movies and stuff. I've always called it Kraken, like always in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I, I lost my, I'd already, you know, been drinking all day. So I, I'd already, I just lost my shit on my nephew who <laughs> refused to call it Kraken and just called it Kraken. Say it I just, like I say it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what? It's not your ass. You don't call it your ass. You put this in your, do you put your ass in, you know, this whole long tirade of just... <laughs> Riffing on crack, it was. Uh, I, I might have to fucking apologize to that dude now. Hmm. No, here's what I hate about uh, any holiday when you have people that come to your place, or or maybe even when you go to their place and you're just hanging out with them. The pre-party drinking, like they get completely wasted before you're supposed to get together. Mm. There's this really, for me, wonderful uh, sort of uh, experience that you have with other people of slowly degenerating into Blotto. (laughs) From a a position of being sober, down the spiral. And when someone's already there, it it ruins that whole sort of wave you've got going on. It's really a frustrating experience because they're just pure shitty the whole time. So you never actually get that moment of enjoying their company before it just descends to madness. Exactly. My fucking nephew was (laughs) passed out and his wife was texting me. We're on our way. We're on our way. I'm trying to wake him up. He won't wake up. How old is he? Just so I just so I can get a feel. So this kid is 22. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. So I'm just like, you know what? Just fuck it. Just don't come over. Just have him stay there. I told him not to fucking drink before he came over. (laughs) I don't want to deal with because I'm fucking totally sober. Like, why would I want to babysit? But I mean, it's just it it, cre- it creates a, a sort of hostile environment for everyone because everything you say is immediately just super offensive, especially when you're screaming at him about saying Kraken instead of Kraken. <laughs> and so it just becomes this really nasty. I don't know. It, 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 it ruined what could have been a mildly annoying experience <laughs> and instead made it a massively one. It was terrible. Wow. Um, Anyway, you know, we, we still uh, we still enjoy the Thanksgiving part of it because, uh, I mean, it, well, here, here's the thing. I, I definitely dig, uh, you know, how people would say it's Indulgence Day or Gluttony Day. Mm. Um, I, I dig that. And, and there's a nice, there's something to be said about taking uh, an existing holiday and truly personalizing it. I think that's what we should do with every holiday after all. Absolutely. Um, but when it comes to something like uh, Thanksgiving, I, I have no problems uh, as a Satanist cherishing and, and even speaking out about those things that I've fucking earned and saying I'm, I'm actually quite thankful that I'm a good fucking hard worker and I can afford and I can be this. We have to be done this, you know. So I, I don't mind having that sort of um, uh, teach experience and that kind of such. And, you know, because at the end of the day, you're still doing whatever good sinner does and that is indulging mm. uh, as much as you want so right yeah, that's good stuff i mean i kind of take that with any, any holiday anyway absolutely all right so uh i just want a quick note to all those listeners out there if you want to be a part of this year's holiday episode the nine cents horrific holiday special send in your worst holiday stories i want the stuff that is just like my thanksgiving story <laughs> where it's just a 
what could have been okay is now terribly bad because of you or your friends or your family or or just maybe a weird incident. You walked in on mommy fucking Santa. Whatever it is, <laughs> shoot it over. Let's all have a, a good holiday laugh together and maybe a, maybe a moment of reflection. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> Knock before you enter. Damn it. <laughs> Damn kids. Knock. <clears throat> yeah. No, I feel like uh, – do you have any children? Do you mind if I ask? Yeah, I have two daughters. Um 16 and 14. So I'm in trouble. That's why I own firearms and keep them well oiled. <laughs> nice. Did you, did you ever have that problem of them uh, walking in in the middle of, you know? Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, no. The, what happens usually is uh, they come near the door and if it's locked, uh, they know not to enter because they how can they get in? They don't have a key. But um, yeah, yeah. And they'll just, you know, we'll hear their footsteps going on down the hall back to their bedrooms or something. But uh, you know, if they're home, we're, we're quiet like, like most people would be. Um, and if they're not, we're not. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always love that when they approach the door and they hear Motown on the other side. <laughs> just don't fucking enter the door. All right, don't open Let's it. it you know probably what's happening. Just <laughs> make the right choice. No, it might. <laughs> I, would, I would much prefer... Here's a weird thing. Have, did you ever do the Santa thing with your kids? No, no. Uh, I I pretty much uh, let them know right away that uh, you know I and and my wife were were Santa. <laughs> and uh, there's you know they never really believed in Santa. I never really I explained to them that it really doesn't exist. I kind of kept them um, in the know uh, really early on. I don't. I never hid them from the world. Uh, they're allowed to act as they want in this household, say whatever words that they choose as long as they're not, um, uh, you know, disrespectful to one another in the home. So yeah. they're, they're, I'm, this is like the freest and coolest household. I mean, they have friends come over, uh, you know, because they're in high school now. They have high school friends come over for dinner or just hang out or whatever. And they're like, I wish I was, you know, in your family. Your parents mm -hmm. were so cool, you know, and all that type of stuff. So I think we did something right. You know, kids don't come with, a, with an owner's manual. So no, so we, yeah, yeah. we don't have a clue on how to raise them or what to do. But I think, uh, you know, we look back on our own childhood and our own things and, and know what not to do maybe. I mean I've got a mm -hmm. real good story behind that, but that might be for a whole other show. Who knows? About? About. Just raising kids in general or yeah, about the childhood? And about, you know, about raising children. I mean you got to understand my father uh, is, is a hell's angel and nice. my mother uh, was a, you know, biker – Brit, uh, bitch turned hippie turned alcoholic. So I mean, you know, you can imagine what uh, I had to go through um, as a as a child. So so I I imagine prep school, a lot of studying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever did an, an ounce of homework. I always was in trouble for, for that, but uh, I, I graduated luckily. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. See, I did not know that about you, and uh, now I think. I think I might have you on again to talk about biker gangs and such. Yeah, and he, like I, you know, we watch Sons of Anarchy. We're we're kind of addicted to that show, and uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty close to uh, things I've seen growing up. <laughs> wow. um, you know, you can imagine, but uh, it's fun. Some of the so some of those people are some of the the most loving and caring people you've ever want to know. Um, yeah. But like Satanists, uh, you you you'd also never really want to. Uh, cross them in any way either <laughs> so yeah. yeah that love can turn into hate really quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely wow all right well definitely i mean let's put a pin in that and, and uh come back around sometime <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah, I mean, for, you know, to sort of pull it back a little bit, the reason why I asked about Santa is because I, I would almost, I, I've always raised my kids uh, with that sort of uh, magical way of thinking. So, you know, I, and I do know that there's a lot of Satanists who prefer just straightforward, you know, reality. Um, I much prefer to allow my kids a little bit of magic in their youth when they, because they're going to have a lot of the fucking reality hitting them in the face throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed the, the sort of mystical nature, uh, the idea of Santa, for, ex- for example. Mm-hmm. So um, I, with that in mind, I would very much prefer having, I would pr- almost prefer my kids walking on me having sex than walking in on me like setting up <laughs> toys and shit for them <laughs> when they're of age, you know, because it's just like uh, one is, well, okay, well, this is a normal thing that's inappropriate. You should not, you know, ever see or, you know, walk in on. But the other one's like, I just ruined what I've told you <laughs> all your life up to date yeah. by having you walk in on this. Yeah, I've walked in on my parents when I was a kid. I remember that horrific day. And I've also... <laughs> Had to find out the hard way. Yeah, I had to find out the hard way that Satan did, didn't. Uh, I'm sorry, Santa. Wow, <laughs> just one letter switch there. Uh, Santa yeah. didn't exist, and uh, it crushed me. It crushed me as a kid because I had that imagination and that that you know wonderment about the whole thing behind it, like you're saying, and uh, it crushed me. So that's why I chose as a parent to keep my kids uh, in the know. You know. Nice. Yeah. But I respect anyone's, you know, wish to do whatever they want. It's their children, you know. You want to? Yeah, I mean, just like you said, there's no manual, and it, yeah. we we always. And what I love uh, about what you just mentioned was that you used your own life experience to inform your decision, rather than just saying, "Well, this is what everyone does, <laughs> so let's oh. just do it." Oh yeah, I'm definitely against the herd conformity thing. Yeah, so <laughs> I I really dig that, and uh, yeah. And it's, moving forward into her conformity, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be uh, part of the discussion. Yeah. Another thing worth mentioning too is like you know I'm always like since since I do I, I have made the choice to um, you know let the kids know that Santa doesn't exist. I do respect other people. So if when we go over their home or we're visiting with friends that that do practice certain other holidays and things like that, I, I you know had to ask them first. You know, do you tell your children about Santa or do they know he doesn't exist? Or how do you want me to? You know, be yeah. so to speak. So, see, I don't even ever prep anyone either about that stuff. I mean, my, I, I don't mind uh, my kids discovering truth on their own terms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I never like coach anyone up on anything. I just sort of and like the the other kids in the neighborhood, for example, when they come over and they're sort of doing their thing. I'd say about ten percent of them actually think that the the guy is going to be coming down your chimney. And the rest of them just sort of face reality. Uh, you know, economics are going to have something to do with that as well at some point, uh, especially in my neighborhood. So it's it's something that it's inevitable. They won't yeah. find out. And as long as it's all fun and not stress, you know, do whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I give a fuck. And the point is, you know, the bottom line is kids can be kids. And I think nowadays that's not, that's not an option very often. In nominate nostris, Thomas is a very excelsior. In the name of Satan, the ruler of the earth, the king. Though I'm an active member, I do not speak for the church of Satan. Um, herd conformity. It's obvious from a satanic stance. It's all right to conform to a person's wishes if it ultimately benefits you. But only fools follow along with the herd, letting an impersonal entity dictate to you. The key is to choose a master wisely instead of being enslaved by the whims of the many. 
All right, so this is the fifth satanic sin. Uh, this was actually introduced years after um, the satanic Bible and obviously the nine satanic statements. And if, if memory serves, it was actually introduced as a reaction to people demanding, well, if you're a church, you have to have sins, even if it is Satanism. And so what would those sins be? Um, now, I've talked about the satanic sins in the past on this show, but we've never really broken down... Uh, the individual sins in discussion, I think we've done it once. So uh, continuing in that course here, uh, John and I are going to just sort of uh, chat a little bit about herd conformity. So when you read this, John, I mean, when you just read it, actually, <laughs> what what do you take away from that uh, in your life? Like, how, how would you uh, connect that with your how your life is right now? Um, herd conformity. It's more, um, like I was saying, we, we, we as Satanists, as long as uh, we're doing it knowingly, um, you know, really in her conformity. I mean, we, it's a, if it, as long as it benefits us, that's really the whole reason uh, behind it. We, we do things other people, you know, do or or say things other people say, um, you know, either by, either by habit or whatever. But to go along with it blindly for no reason, you know, that if whatsoever, that that to me is her conformity. Um, it, I mean, it could be uh, anything from, you know, saying Merry Christmas to somebody, uh, you know, just because it's Christmas time. I don't, I don't do that sort of thing because I don't celebrate Christmas. So, mm-hmm. you know, these are certain things that I don't, you know, partake in, um, and I don't really give a shit what other people think about it. You know, you got these people at Walmart ringing those annoying bells at you, uh, saying Merry Christmas when you're not uh, a Christian and things or, or you don't celebrate it. It's just assume that you are a certain thing. Um, you know, in a way, that's like they're expecting everyone to be part of this, of some sort of herd. And uh, I'm just using that as an example, you know, of yeah. one of those things. But um, well, it that- benefited me, like, like a family member, like when they, when they um, celebrate Christmas because I know they're religious or, or something. I'll say I'll say it to them because it benefits me to say it to them because I don't want to cause a big religious debate or some sort of you know discussion about it or you know things like that. Um, yeah, or if it's a loved one, it just makes them feel good. Yeah, it's so you know it benefits me to help them feel good because they're family and things like that. And there's no no reason to bring up uh, a, a huge religious debate because of uh, my my thoughts or, or emotions or feelings about something. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I mean, because that's a very uh, sort of Christian view of it. Um, but the satanic sins were very much specifically written for Satanists. So can you think of any uh, situation where a Satanist would um, actually just not even maybe even be a Satanist because they're just conforming to what the herd expects? Is it possible to be a Satanist and follow the herd, do you think? Yeah, it, like when you when you um, mentioned those things, the things I think of is I see a lot of like in social media online forums and things like that. A lot of people say that it's uh, it goes against one of the satanic sins to even join the Church of Satan. You know, they use that as an example, and they're like, "Well, you're supposed to be against herd conformity, yet you've joined uh, the Church of Satan like everyone else, <laughs> like every other Satanist." And I, you know, wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, one, you know, that's just an example of, of something like that. 
Yeah. Um, I like, always like to, because uh, it's so pervasive in our society, the, the idea of uh, social networking with in the, within the context of herd conformity. You know, um, every new social network that uh, is created, everyone has to join in and they have to be a part of it and they have to connect with the exact same people that they've already connected with in previous networks on this new network because it's the newest and greatest and, and uh, I don't know, uh, range gluten-free fucking network that they can connect on. But at what point are you actually stopping from being an individual and just being a part of the fucking social networking herd? Uh, just, I love the idea because I don't know if this has been your experience, but certainly I have uh, run into people like this where they think simply because I self-identify as a Satanist, I am immune from those human foibles that come along and affect the herd, like self-righteousness or pretentiousness or solipsism or or being uh, a, a member of the actual herd. Uh, you always think that, you know, I, I, you as in not you, but um, because you feel like you are the highest embodiment of human life on Earth, that you are somehow immune from these sins. And that's why I really dig that uh, LeVay put this in as one of these sins. Uh, as a Satanist, we it's, it's always, you know, first and foremost, if you're a Satanist, you need to study what Satanism means, not worship the idea of it, or just be a fan member of LeVay. Um, because if that's the case, you're really not a Satanist. But you also need to continually... Uh, evaluate your own behaviors, your own goals, and your own life, and how you uh, how you interact with your surroundings, and uh, how you project yourself onto other people. Um, it's really important to be able to look at yourself uh, objectively and say, "Wow, maybe this behavior that <laughs> that I'm exhibiting uh, is herd behavior, and maybe I should take a step back and uh, not be so." Uh, uh, conforming with what everyone else is doing at this time. And so I, you know, I use social networking as a small example, but the fact that LeVay put it in as a satanic sin makes me focus on, uh, well, as a Satanist, we're human beings. Human beings are herd animals. We, we have collectively throughout history survived because we gather into tribes. Uh, and that's how our survival exists. And in, in the most base context, that is a herd. And so what is it about this herd idea that's bad? And so in this, he explains, um, uh, letting impersonal entities dictate to you. So in, in that, idea, you know, this imaginal, imaginary being, uh, a god in any other religion, uh, letting them tell you what to do because they want you to do it rather than you feeling like it's something within yourself, um, uh, going along with someone else's wishes uh, against your own self-interest. And here's something that is fucking amazing to me, um, you know, without getting too far into politics, as a Satanist, you have to, if you are a member of the voting public, um, you have to seriously look into the people you're voting for because you may be voting against your own interest as a human being. Uh, and I would argue the majority of times, if you follow either party, you are voting against your own self-interest. Um, and so that in and of itself is herd conformity. Uh, so little things like that, I always like to sort of dig in a little bit under the surface because it's easy just to pass it off and say, well, 
you know, we don't see ourselves as a community. We don't um, see ourselves as a, a satanic collective, air quotes, if you will. So there's no way that we could be a member of the herd. But the reality is, is uh, I would argue all of us in some way is sinning in this aspect, unless you're actively thinking about your behaviors on a day-to-day -day basis, and you're thinking about the decisions and the responses that you uh, give to questions and answers. Or, and a perfect example is what you just said was the um, the Merry Christmas. Some people don't even yeah. think about it. They just pass it off. Merry Christmas. Oh, happy holidays. Well, why the fuck did you say that? Do you genuinely want this stranger to have a happy holiday? Are you just saying that because you th you're afraid that they're going to bite your head off because you didn't? Like, what are the real motivations behind this? So Exactly. Uh, I, exactly. But yeah, I think you. Yeah, one of the words that you said, that, that really uh, key words that, that popped out to me what you said, was that when this sort of thing keeps you focused, and, and that's what these the, the sins do, and, and, the, and the rules of the earth, what they do, for me personally, I will say this, is they mm -hmm. do keep you focused because we tend to get caught up in things and you know we are we are people and we like you know we do need community we do need people around us we do need some like you said some sort of uh, herd to to belong to and things like that but if it like i said before if it benefits us so reading these uh, sins uh, and studying these things and living these things it like you said focus that is the key word to me it keeps you focused so there are times when you're when you do realize, hey, you know what, this is no longer benefiting me. This mm -hmm. is something I need to pull back from. Let me let me whoa boy, whoa boy, pull back the reins and and slow down and uh, maybe re re look at it and uh, and, and approach it again in, in, in a different manner. Okay, so I, I want to play the other side of this. So we've talked about what. Uh, what it means to be a Satanist and, and how at times it's necessary to follow the herd for loved ones, for example, in, in the context of saying Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. But what about for the context of yourself? Can you imagine a situation that you could be in where it would benefit you to feign a, a member of the herd, being a member of the herd? Oh, boy. Um, I guess I, like I, maybe like I was saying before, when it um, – because everything that we do is, is to ultimately benefit ourselves. Satanism exalts individuality and, mm -hmm. and, and self-interest and things like that. So, I guess... By way of example here, um, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what I always dig about this is because you can, you can try to take uh, I am a Satanist a little bit too far. And so that you're actually, like we mentioned before, going against your self-interest. So, for example, um, I'm just, this is a wild example, but uh, let's say you found yourself uh, in the middle of the Middle East. Uh, is it non-Satanic to claim to be a Muslim in certain areas? Oh, oh absolutely not. Uh, right. The highest law. Exactly. So there are times when it is actually beneficial to you, uh, massively yeah, beneficial. Yeah, you got the machete on the edge of your neck and, you know, do you... Do you do you uh, renounce everything and, and accept Allah? Absolutely. Praise Allah, Allah brother. Allah who Akbar. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and he can... If I out of there, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's an extreme example. You can take that and, and sort of internalize it to, to small moments within your life. Uh, think of it in the context of a work environment. Just And, and here's, here's one thing where um, the idea of herd conformity, uh, taking it on, on the nose... 
where you are actively going in on this and you're saying, I'm going to, taking it in a, a lesser magic approach, uh, I'm going to act like I'm a member of the herd while I'm at work because that's what they expect and that's what they want and that's how I'm going to advance. When I was in the military, I did exactly that and I towed the military line the way I needed to because it got me promoted. It put me in a position of authority over other people and it would be stupid not to. I why wouldn't Which I do that? Which is a perfect example of when it benefits you. Exactly. So when when we think of these sins, don't just look at the term herd conformity and immediately, you know, turn on your heels saying never, not ever, not even going to think about it. It cannot happen. There's a reason why, there, why there's follow-up uh, writing to these headlines. Uh, there's a reason why Anton LaVey focused on studying and not worshiping and, and delving into these different, not only sins and statements, but as you already mentioned, John, uh, the 11 rules of the earth. You need to look at Satanism as an active, uh, a, a, a live body of philosophy, uh, of a way of life, and not a, a, a dead uh, essay on a page. This is something that yeah. lives and breathes, and you cannot just react to it based on a, a phrase or a or a title you need to examine it uh yeah and and all the better if you realize you're not a satanist because of that studying you fucking do it and get the fuck out i mean it, it benefits yeah. everyone yeah, in the long run exactly and to add to it you know um satanism we, we take pride in uh tribal and we, we 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 like uh breaking all the, the so-called sins that are out there um, and, and you know when it pleasures us because or for the you know self-gratification and things like that and I love the fact that, that uh, Dr. LeBlay, uh called them the nine satanic sins I'm, I'm, I'm the, the, you know the fact that he used the word sins to me is is quintessential because hmm. we can break those as well you know what I mean we can go against those as well when it benefits us so um, that's the whole beauty of Satanism. Like you said, it is a living, breathing religion that, that you know, knows no bounds in, if, you know, individually. Here we go. Hey, what's going on, friends? Uh, Infernal Foreman. Get on the truck. You out there. Hi, this is abcnews.com. Go.com. Egregious threats against cops, but Wilson not asked to quit, Chief says. And this is posted November 30th by Dean Shaber um, and uh, Gitek Rudra. <laughs> That's a real name. If you good morning, America. <laughs> All right. So everyone's been following what's happening in Ferguson. Uh, or if you haven't, then you've at least heard of it. An officer shot and killed an unarmed black boy, teen, and it caused a huge... Uh, Ferguson upheaval uh, protests all around the country, United States of America, and in Ferguson specifically. And uh, there was just, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, a grand jury declined to indict uh, Wilson over the situation, uh, just basically saying that they're not going to uh, try him for murder. Uh, and they're not going to bother indicting him for the murder of um, Michael Brown. And in the face of threats and in the face of uh, general societal upheaval in Ferguson, 
Wilson has taken upon himself to resign. And the police chief says that he was not forced out, but he is not getting any benefits for having been in the force for as long as he was, and he's not going to get um, any uh, pay on his way out. So, what do you think of this, John? Well, what I've what I've um, you know watched and heard and read about about this, which was not too much, because I'm not really that interested in it, but. From what I have gotten out of it, I'm I'm glad that he uh, quit. I'm glad that he's uh, not no longer at the in the police force for one reason, um, mainly his own safety. Um, it, it would pretty you know much be pretty stupid for him to to stay there. You know, I think uh, out of sight, out of mind. So if he's not there, it can it can kind of you know like he even said in his own letter, uh, the community the community can heal. You know, let things kind of go but if he's there out there every day it's just gonna it's just gonna keep this thing rolling you know they're gonna oh, be yeah. angry they're gonna be looking for him they're gonna you know other cops might be uh you know hurt or, or threatened by this and so he's got he's got to go um and and it kind of reminds me like when i just step back and look at this whole thing from the outside the box it reminds me of those times when you when you hear about a, a catholic priest molesting a child, you know, he, oh, shit. he no longer he no longer works at that church, you know. They're gonna put him somewhere else in the country so he can do it somewhere else. Um type of thing, you know. Uh, really can understand that whole analogy there. But I look I've seen it like that, just thinking of it like that, you know, as long as he's not there, he just goes and does his job somewhere else. Uh pro- most likely in a most you know, predominantly white uh uh neighborhood that would probably uh, benefit him as well. Um but he's he's pretty much all done. I mean, you know, yeah. Media, I mean, media made a monster out of him. You know. Well, and and here's I, I try to look. I mean, obviously, as a Satanist, we try to find the third side in every news story or you know mm-hmm. every situation you run across in life. Um, and that is to say that there's not just one side and there's not just two sides to every story. So I, I try to put myself in um, uh, Wilson's position and I try to put myself in Brown's position and I always run into this uh, argument within my head that says if I was that police officer and I had a very large black man charging me because I shot him would I continue shooting him and so yeah I think I would probably continue shooting him if he was charging me but you have to take a step back and say well why did I shoot him in the first place and was that a justified shooting and is law enforcement in general in our United States society a little too prone to pulling their weapon out versus using, uh, I don't know, a taser or uh, their billy club? If they more non-lethal, right. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think what we're seeing in our country is um, a little bit more liberal use of the firearms uh, as a first resort rather than a last resort. Um, and that's not to say that Brown did something that deserved to be uh, ending his life. I, I genuinely don't think if you rob a store, then you should lose your life for it. But I do think if you've killed someone, you should lose your life for it. So with that in mind, and for that reason only, if Wilson, the cop, was found by a jury of his peers to be guilty, then I do think he should deserve the death penalty. And if he's not, then I don't care that much, quite honestly. Um, but right. what do you think, John, about, I mean, you know, we sit in a position of being 
white males. I'm making the assumption that you're white. What, and I'm making the assumption that I'm white. I'm pretty sure I am. I sound, I sound white, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, I, I am. I am. Yeah. So we don't have to live with the stigma, and, and this is assuming you believe that there's a stigma, of being a, a young black man in our country. And uh, regionally specific, I think that there are issues. Um, there are assumptions uh, and biases that play in. Do you think that that, uh, is the case? It's a tough one. Um, yeah. I don't personally. I don't look at it as a racial problem. I I look at it as a poverty problem because most of these places that are high crime and uh, you know high murder rates and things like that and and high robberies and and, and all those sort of things. They're yes, they're predominantly African American, um, but there are a lot of white neighborhoods that do the same thing, that have the same thing, and it, and it really comes down to it boils down to the the income level. You know, the their the more poverty stricken they are, the worse the neighborhood is. Mm-hmm. You know, look at Detroit for example. Just ugly, ugly. Um, but it's it's one of those things, you know, um, they just happen to be, you know, predominantly African-American. So therefore you have these police officers who, who already have this God complex because they wear a badge. Um, and I respect police. I, I, I respect the law. I respect the police, but there are some out there, uh, that, that take it a little too far and, and think that there's some sort of, uh, you know, judge and jury themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I definitely don't appreciate the Judge Dredd approach to law enforcement. It seems right. <laughs> a little bit strange. Uh, I, and sometimes I genuinely think it's like Minority Report, Instead, even worse oh. than fucking Judge Dredd, where, oh, you, you yeah. could be committing a crime, so we're going to fucking stop you. And, uh, I mean, yeah. it's not just uh, the black community. I know, um, uh, to bring it to home here, my nephew, for example was fucked up pretty bad and thrown in jail by a cop uh, because they thought he had drugs. It turned out after calling in three canine units, the, he didn't have drugs. And then he asked them why they were being such a fucking cunt about it. And then they pulled him out of the car, beat him, and threw him in jail. So yeah. they, it's not just a, a cop on black thing. It's definitely, like you said, a God complex slash cop Thing where you question what they're doing and it's like you punch their mom in the tit. <laughs> just, you're not coming yeah. back from that. It's not going to no, happen. No, so. you're going to have to answer for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I said tit. I probably just said face, but it just sounded more colorful. Um, I love the, the, the visuals. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> if it was a fake one, it probably wouldn't even hurt. She just looks, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Daryl, take this guy down. He just punched me in the tit. Um, yeah, it's just, I just, here's the, here's the other thing. Um, you know, cops act like this. Everyone in our fucking society at this point has no excuse. You know, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's good or bad, whether you agree with it or not, you know, cops behave this way. Why the fuck would you provoke them? Don't be fucking stupid. (laughs) Self-preservation. Like, I, I truly doubt I, with everything in me that Michael Brown was actually a Satanist, but I'm just saying, if you are a Satanist and you get shot, it's probably your fault. Like you genuinely did not use lesser magic and a little bit of fucking street smarts in the situation. There's no reason why you should be shot. 
So as right. <laughs> you know, it's I, easy did you to see the Chris Rock video that he just put out. No, um, I didn't. about he put a Chris Rock put a video out um, about uh, getting your ass kicked by the cops. Uh, you've got to search for the funniest thing, and he's just saying the the common sense things: obey the law, shut the fuck up, you know, be polite, all those types of things. <laughs> and, you know, he just does it in a really funny way, and. Uh, I mean, like I said, any Satanist would, 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 wouldn't have been shot because they're going to get down on the ground and comply and, and we'll sort it out later, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's, know, like, yeah. I, like, I think it, I think it has to do with this, po- I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this, I think that, like, it, it has to do a lot with this, this poverty stricken thing or, you know, there are a lot of these, um, thugs is called uh they're on drugs and they are drug users and those sort of things can mess with your mind and and make them uh lower their inhibitions of course but also not think clearly in certain situations so rate you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of discomfort can turn into rage in, in, in seconds and uh they're, they're just not thinking clearly so right it could be one of those things you, you said earlier that he shot him and then he charged him because I wasn't aware of that because what I read when I did read about it was that he charged him so he so he shot him so I don't really I mean who knows there's a third story. well it, yeah it, I mean it, it, it was as I understood it that he first started running he was told yeah. to stop and he was actually shot in the like from behind and and it, I think what it started was was uh, and of course this is just you know, my interpretation of the story that I, I'd heard. So uh, the cop tried to stop him. He tried to pull the gun in close proximity. The gun went off. And that's where they're saying that uh, Brown actually was either pulling the the officer's weapon or putting his hand up in front of the weapon as the officer drew it. And so at whatever point, the gun went off in close proximity. I think that's when Brown started running. He was shot in the back. And then at, at some point, I know I definitively remember uh, uh, Wilson saying that he was threatened by the look in Brown's eye as he was charging him. So I assumed that Brown had then turned around and if not walking toward him, was charging him to try to probably get him to stop shooting. But my point in all of this is that neither one of them is innocent. (laughs) Michael Brown literally robbed a fucking convenience store the same fucking day in the reports that I read. Yeah, yeah. So he's not a fucking innocent. Uh, the right. officer may be shot first because he's a fucking coward, but the reality is he's not fucking innocent because he fucking fired on another person. They, they're trained, right. hopefully, if they're an officer of the law, they should be trained in non-lethal forms of uh, containment of a perpetrator. So maybe he could have exercised one of those. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the dude does yeah. look like a total fucking tool when I see him on TV, so... I. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe skip those classes, but um, I don't, you know, it's, it reminds th- me of you, those hall monitors in school. Remember those? Yeah. Stop running! But you never know. You never know what goes yeah. on, what went on in their heads during this whole thing. And uh, we're hearing, uh, you know, ninety different stories from from uh, ninety-two different people. You know. Okay, so this one is DailyMail.co.uk and is Justice's way limits of free speech over the internet. And this is posted by the Associated Press. Uh, published on 30 November. Okay, so um, uh, this starts with Anthony Alonis, who posted on social networks, uh, I believe it was Facebook specifically, a rap song or rap lyrics that he created about his estranged wife, about wanting to kill her and beat her up. 
And then, like, there was um, a point where he went, uh, faced a, a jury or something, and then, or a cop came and talked to him about it, and then he posted lyrics about how he wanted to kill the cop for having stepped up to him. Uh, and it got to the Supreme Court on Monday, where, or I'm sorry, they were supposed to rule on on Monday on whether or not Facebook posts and other posts like that deserve protection under the First Amendment. And what the Supreme Court or uh, lesser courts had up until this point stated was that it it doesn't matter as long it doesn't matter what you say as if if the person on the other end of those comments feels threatened then what you just said is not protected by the First Amendment. So there are exceptions when it's political, for example, when it's uh, crazy hyperbolic um, or un- unpleasantly sharp attacks. Stuff like that is still considered free speech. But when it's an individual talking about another individual and the person they're talking about feels threatened, it is no longer protected. So what do you think about that? Uh, words. They're words. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, I mean, some things can be a threat. I, when I read this article, I'm thinking, well, then why isn't Eminem in, in, in a federal prison? I mean... He, wrote, he literally uh, wrote songs about his wife, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, in, in great detail about wearing her head of the hat. And, uh, you know, recently he threatened to rape Iggy Gazalia, uh, you know, threatens to punch Lena Del Rey. Uh, I mean, you know, things like that. It's so I guess if you're a celebrity, it's okay. But if you're just nobody, uh, you know, maybe it's not okay to... to to uh, be protected under the First Amendment, but if it's, to me personally, for me, words are just words. I see people write things all over the internet and Facebook and things like that, and whatever. It doesn't mean anything. They're just words. Um, but if she felt uh, threatened by them, um, you know, maybe she had good reason. I don't know. I don't really know. Is this guy, uh, you know? Does he does he partake in some you know some sort of domestic violence, physical violence with her, and she she really feels threatened by these words? And you know what's the reasoning behind this? Is it just this rap song that he wrote? I mean, it doesn't. Even, from what I'm reading, it didn't even rhyme, so I don't know why it's called a rap. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it says right here one post. There's one way to love you, but a thousand ways to kill you. I'm not going to rest until your body is a mess, soaked in blood and dying from all the little cuts. So rest and mess kind of rhyme, but uh. I don't know. To me, that sounds like a total threat. But he may have a, a pretty good future in Hallmark. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just one of those things. It's, um, like you said, if somebody feels threatened, I think that they, they have a right to complain about it. I think they have a right to file some sort of report about it. Uh, it's their right to do so. But um, we all have the right to, to, to free speech. So it's... I think that the person, the accuser, like her, for example, his wife or whatever, mm-hmm. I think that she needs to prove, uh, it, it, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt that his words uh, can and, 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 and will come to fruition if they don't do something about it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, the, like there should be some motion, like like some active move of intent other than just writing something. So, I, I mean, there <clears throat> there are already limits on free speech right now. You can't, for example, in a, a theater yell fire or on a plane yell bus without severe repercussions. I'm, I'm sorry, um, a bomb on a plane. 
Um, you can yell bus all you want. I don't know. <laughs> Public transportation! <laughs> I don't think people really care about it. Um, though it is offensive if you have to use it. Um, no, but so we, we have existing limits. And so on one hand, I'm like, okay, well, if it's serious, like if he posted it on her Facebook wall, for example, you know, like, this is what I'm going to do to you tomorrow. Well, then, yeah, that's that's a straight up fucking threat. Like, but if he's yeah. posting lyrics on his own page, just sort of putting it out there, what, what I don't think the majority of uh, those in power understand is that for better or worse, Facebook, Twitter, uh, virtually every social network is very much like a public diary. Um, or public diarrhea is actually more appropriate. You just <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. out your thoughts. They don't have to fucking mean anything. They don't have to have cohesion. You're literally posting photos of your fucking dinner. So why the fuck are you taking this so goddamn seriously? Like, I'm not concerned about this dude and his estranged wife. I could care less. What I care about is the implication of this case in the future in relation to what may happen with my life. And that's kind of how I see everything. So I, I don't particularly yeah. care that Brown died or that Wilson quit. I care about what that means in the future, potentially to me. And so if my first amendment rights are going to be, uh, infringed upon because some asshat decided to write a very bad rap song about his estranged wife, I have a real problem with that. I mean, does that mean that I can't post uh, shitty comments about my boss without getting sued by the corporation? Does that mean that they're going to be justified in firing me because they felt threatened that I said I had a shitty day at work or my boss is an asshole? Like, it, right, exactly. if you make one step, someone else is going to make the other. And it's just going to get to a point where you don't even have to have a, a landslide or, or you know, in, in some time we're never going to have any First Amendment rights. All you have to say is, well, no, this is going to affect me because it affected this asshat. <laughs> like, yeah. either we yeah. have freedom of speech or we don't. It's literally that simple. So I don't know why our freedom of speech is limited in that if I am a, a white gun owner <laughs> yelling at the FBI uh, for taking my cattle while bearing arms, I'm not shot. But if I am a black guy who just, uh, you know, ran from the cops, I do get shot. I don't know how those uh, different situations pan out. But I do know that if I am fucking yelling at someone on my Facebook or on their Facebook, I shouldn't expect a legal re legal repercussion for it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Right. But I think, I think, I think these type of things... Are, are the precursors to this sort of, uh, you know, you know, tyrannical totalitarian police states that we're, what I feel we're headed toward. I mean, we can't do anything. You can't breathe. You, you gotta, you gotta pay for water. You gotta, you know, you gotta watch what you say and you think and, you know, like that minority report thing, you know, <laughs> they, might, they might tap into my thoughts and, you know, I'm just, it's just a thought. And then they'd be like, you raped somebody. Yeah, that was just, I just kind of think I was thinking of having sex with her. What's your problem? You know? <laughs> it's just a fantasy. She's into it too. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking you know, married. Thing really weird. So I think I don't. I don't put it past politicians. Not to be like I'm not a conspiracy theorist by no means, but um, you know I don't put it past politicians to to take advantage of these situations. You know where there's chaos, there's opportunity for them. So mm -hmm. any of these uh, type of politicians that are into this 
you know, controlling type of government can take this sort of thing and use it for their agenda or toward their means, you know, to say, well, look, we, you know, we can't have this happen. So therefore, let's make everybody shut the fuck up now. You know? Yeah, and it's not so far-fetched when the government has admitted and they have data storage units here in Utah that they are actually spying in on us actively and arguably illegally and capturing our phone calls and our website data. Like, it's a reality, so... (laughs) And listening to nine cents. (laughs) Yeah, I bet this is the last thing on their list. Like, are we going to start listening to that douchebag? No, don't worry about it. (laughs) But, I mean, the reality is they are capturing that information, and all it takes is one group to decide to mine that metadata, and they can extrapolate intent from that. Just as they extrapolated this dude's intent to kill his wife based on a shitty rap song he wrote on his Facebook wall. So it's not that fucking far-fetched. And it's why you should, as a Satanist, be aware of this stuff. Because it can very much affect you. Yeah, crazy. it's crazy. I remember when I was in high school once, I wrote a poem to a girl that I was into. Uh, she was hot. And I said, uh, what did it say? Roses I like the red. disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She, she was hot. <laughs> she was totally hot. And, uh, you know, I just said, roses are red, violets are blue. I make excellent spaghetti sauce. Let's fuck. And, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it worked. It worked. It was awesome. But, that, you know, <laughs> oh, that's, that's back then. But think about yeah. it now. If I wrote this in high school today, can that can now, you know, like... In this Sexual case, harassment. Anyway, yeah, did I harass her? It's like, no, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to steal that, by the way. This coming fucking Valentine's. You can use that. That's a good one. Oh, sweet. It worked. All right. Well, uh, how about we do a little creature feature? Let's do it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the creature feature. I'm being joined by John H. Shaw, the uh, owner-operator of iSatanist.com. How are you, my man? I'm doing fine. How are you? Great. Now, I say that as if we haven't been talking for a fucking hour already. Well, you uh, might take this out and use it as a separate excerpt, so let's go with that. Yeah. Um, all right, so com. I've been uh, paying attention to you for some time now. Uh, I first noticed you when you were posting about some uh, Sigil of Baphomet pendants that you had for sale, but it's uh, it's gone a little bit further than that. So um, for the benefit of the audience, let's start with uh, an overview of what iSatanist is, and then let's talk a little bit about you, if we can. Then we'll follow it up with uh, a little bit more about com. Okay. Um, well, so, I, what is iSatanist.com? iSatanist.com is the place where um, people can go to get licensed, endorsed uh, products, satanic products uh, from the Church of Satan. Um, I provide some some links to um, you know the Church of Satan in many ways. Uh, you know, for their literature and all kinds of things, essays and stuff like that. So people that maybe just have, might happen upon the site and, and not know what uh, Satanism is. So I kind of direct them toward the, the Church of Satan. Uh, and then all as, as well, have products for Satanists. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it started out. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna. <laughs> I was gonna ask how it started out. Funny you should ask that. It uh, <laughs> it started out. I had this idea for something that I wanted personally. I've uh, I've done this sort of thing in the past. You know, I'm very entrepreneurial in spirit, and um, I guess I learned from past mistakes and learned some things business wise and stuff like that. And I had this idea though. I I, I wanted a coin. I'd never seen a satanic coin and. I said, you know what, I'm going to get these made, and I did, and um, got the full permission from the church before I did it, and I always do, and and they 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 like the the designs, uh, they endorsed it. So I said, let me make a bunch of them. Let's see if other people want them themselves, and they did. They they, they sold like hotcakes, and um, they're really pretty cool. And I said, you know what, let me, I, there's a few other things that maybe I can put up on here and sell that I'm not seeing. Uh, you know, good quality products uh, that, you know, that are up to the level that I'd like to see them at. And um, because there are a lot of things out there that, frankly, you know, are, are pretty cheap, pretty cheesy. Um, yeah, or not even yeah. approved by the CUS, yeah. Yeah, and that irks me. That really does. I mean, to sit there, I mean, that, that might be a whole other uh, segment is to go off on those that, that claim to be Satanist yet yeah, keep downing the church and things like that. That's absolutely, mm-hmm. that really hurts me. But the, the thing is with the product thing, I, I think, uh, one, it should be endorsed by the church if you're going to use their, uh, their sigil of Baphomet in your products <clears throat> and give them the credit they deserve and things like that. Um, Satanists, I always felt, deserve much more than what's been out there. Um, you see... Christian jewelry, you see, uh, you know, Wiccan, even Wiccan jewelry out there, where the, the craftsmanship's so amazing. You're like, wow, I wish there was something, you know, where this can be applied to, say, you know, Satanism, and say, Satanic symbols and things like that. And it's hard to find, people, you know, manufacturers or jewelers out there that, that are even willing to do something Satanic. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is a, is a, is a, is a tough uh, road, but when you do find it, or if I, like some of my products I make myself, um, it's, it's, it, I'm always reaching for that. I'm always trying to raise the bar, you know, I want to make it much better. It's got to be better. It's got to look better. It's got to feel better. It's got to be better quality, last longer, things like that. I'm just trying to uh, provide Satanists with the things that they need that are, that are going to, you know, last the test of time. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you about that a little bit. I mean, it's always important to have a differentiating factor in any product or service that you offer over anyone else. I, I think a lot of people like to latch on to the idea that, well, I'm a Satanist and hence it must be better because I'm a Satanist. Well, you take it a little bit further and say, well, of course, yes, I am a Satanist and I'm offering these products to other Satanists, but I'm focusing on the quality. And that is that takes it from a potentially profitable short-lived business to a uh, a true um uh, a, a paragon of satanic business i would say is that you you're focused on the quality and you're focused on uh coming out with new and creative products that you can't find or that you can't have other people create because of the nature that it's fucking satanic symbolism. Let me ask you about that really quick, because you did talk, uh, did mention that it, it, you know, some businesses outright will not produce a satanic product. Um, is that something that you had trouble with when you were trying to source some of, uh, the manufacturing? Uh, 
Absolutely. I had I had someone that were um, I, I don't know if you were following the site uh, a few weeks back. There was a sterling silver uh, sigil with Baphomet uh, pendant that I had up for a while, and those went like hotcakes as well. But the the producers of them, um, he just became quickly unreliable. And, and he's like, you know, I'm really, really busy. I don't know when I can get these other pieces to you. I'm like, look, I got customers need them now. I mean, there's a disclaimer that says these things are made on an order-by-order order basis and, and things like that. Um, and they do take up to two weeks. But this guy's like, well, I can, I can get them to you in a month. And I had to... I had to cut them off. I, that's to me, that's unacceptable. And I can't have that. Customer service was one of the things that were lacking in a lot of other satanic businesses that have failed. Yeah. And I, you know, you read a lot about things like that. Where's my, where's my, you know, product? Where's my package? Where's my stuff? Where's my money? <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and I read that a lot and, it, and it's really, it, that type of thing hurts me as well. And uh, I said, that's like, I'm not going to let that happen to be you know that's why i ship really fast you see things that people are you know already giving me accolades on ebay or or on the site itself and, and just really happy with my level of customer service that's important to me is the quality and, and, the, and the the time that, that that people receive these things so mm -hmm. i uh it, which was a good thing to cut that guy loose because he uh it pushed me to find someone else that, uh, I don't know if you've seen the new design I had, uh, I announced on iSatanist, the um, Facebook page of the new uh, Sigil of Baphomet pendant coming. Did you I see think that? so, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I should have that in my hands by Wednesday, I'm told. Um, so that will be up pretty soon. A lot of people, I'm getting a slew of emails from people that are, you know, let me know when that's up, let me know when that's up. So I think uh, people are, are looking forward to the things that are coming out in the future and, uh, you know, that, that I enjoy that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. Well, let me, uh, before we start uh, diving into you a little bit more, um, let me ask, because you, you did mention there's, there are existing, um, and I don't want to name any names because I don't want to down anyone, but there are existing um, businesses that are uh, slower than others in getting product out and uh, lacking uh generously saying, lacking in customer service. So was there ever any concern uh, being a competitor uh, or, or or coming onto the scene and maybe edging out the competition? I mean, is there was did that ever even cross your mind? I'm a firm uh, advocator of let the chips fall where they may. If you can uh, deliver the goods, prove mm -hmm. it. And that's, nice. that's, that's how, how I am. I'm... Uh, if I can't deliver the goods, I'll, I'll bow out myself. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to try my my best. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's find out where that comes from. Uh, at what point in your life did you first? I mean, because you already mentioned for those of us who tuned in from the beginning of this episode, uh, your your father's a biker, your mother's a, a biker, hippie, <laughs> alcoholic, as you mentioned. Um, <laughs> At what yeah. point did you stumble across Satanism and then self-identify? This is. Do you want the long and cute version or the short and ugly one? <laughs> I'll let you choose. <laughs> long and cute. Let's go with that one. Um, when I was around nine, um, this strange thing happened to me. I I'll never forget the day. There was train tracks uh, not too far from my house. We well, we you know, we'd walk back and forth between cities along these tracks. And um, 
one day I'm walking home from a friend's house and I, I, I don't know what happened, but there's this little glimmer, this little shiny thing in the dirt that caught my eye. And I looked at it as I went by and I'm like, what, what, what is that? And I'm, it was just sticking out of the, out of the sand a little bit, a little bit of the dirt area there. I pull it out and it's one of those little chopskies, little cheap, um, you know, those stamps, you put a quarter in the machine, you can get something stamped, uh, you know, have like uh, letters, you know, put on the back of it, have a design. Yeah, yeah. It was a star. It was a brass looking star and it was uh, inverted or the right way, I should say, but the point, one point facing down. And on mm-hmm. the front of it, it had, it had a Pisces symbol, which I don't really follow the astrological thing, but I happen to be a Pisces, uh, born in Martyrs. And I turn it around, I look on the other side, it says Beelzebub 666. Now, I'm nine years old. (laughs) And I'm like, what is this? And I started to, you know, went to the library, what's Beelzebub? What is this? What's that? I started reading so much. I mean, I immerse myself with the occult, metaphysical things, witchcraft, uh, demonology. I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And it took me a long time before I even heard of the, the Satanic Bible. I think I was 13 when I first read that. And, I mean, you're going to hear the whole the same cliche thing from me that you hear mostly from everything. It just resonated in me. It made me realize, this is what I am. There's a name for what I am, for how I think. And, uh, you know, my mother... And it's not Beelzebub666. <laughs> Yeah, now I know what it means. But um, yeah, I, and I don't know where that thing is. I wish I had it to this day, but I, who knows where that thing is. Um, but that's kind of what, that was the uh, catalyst that got me into reading about it and and, and caused me to uh, find uh, the, the Satanic Bible, by the way, and falling in love with it, just, just falling in love with myself, I should say. I couldn't get enough of it. I started reading other things. and Let's say at 13, I... I, I you know, would identify myself as as a Satanist. Too young to join the church, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it wow. happened. So, thirteen, too young to join the church, uh, but you ultimately did, obviously. So, what was it? That, I mean, what, what made you join an organization when you are quite clearly a non-joiner? <laughs> to call it back to our <laughs> earlier discussion. That's the herd conformity that that I. Uh, that's benefiting me. No, um, to, I just, the church is the organization that started by LeVay. And my admiration for that man and his organization and the people that are running it currently are what caused me to finally join. Mm-hmm. I think right. that uh, anyone who has, you know, to, you know, you don't have to join to be a Satanist, you know, and things like that, of course. But if you've got that admiration for the organization, for the man that, that made you realize who you are and what you are, um, for me, I felt joining was, was uh, quintessential. Mm-hmm. Well, you had uh, mentioned earlier in the, the episode that uh, you had a family, um, children. So, is this something that you ever brought up with them, or uh, have you just kept it within yourself? No, my uh, I don't hide it. There's symbols all over my house. There's, you know, it's everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I don't hide it, um, but I also don't. 
you know, I've never forced religion on my children at all. If they were old enough to ask, what is that? What does this mean? What is God? What is that? What, you know, who is Jesus? Um, if they asked, then they're old enough to know. And that's when I would tell them. I would tell them in a way that some people would consider would, you know, would be biased, because I am a Satanist. I would tell them what people believe about these certain things. And I never give them my... my uh, personal take on it, unless they asked about that. And as they got older, like my daughter, like they're 16 and 14 now, they know that I'm a Satanist. They know that my wife uh, is identifying herself as one. And, and um, you know, they they are atheists, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but but their their religious journey or, or lack thereof or whatever is it's up to them. You know, there's books here for them to read. They've picked up a few and read things and agreed with a lot of things. But that's their journey. You know. That's their thing. And, um, find, I got to say, the, the more, because that, that's the approach I take. Um, and the more Satanists I talk to uh, with children, they echo the exact same sentiment. And and that's what I really, really love about uh, our kind, I'll say, is that rather than, you know, trying to pigeonhole kids or train them up or, you know, set them on the right demonic path, whatever that is. Um, we just let them do their own thing. And it, you know, the reality is uh, Anton LaVey wrote that he believed there was a chromosomal difference in Satanists versus everyone else. I don't know if that's the case for me, but I do definitely think that you are born with a mindset that this is who I, this is the type of person that I am and I cannot fake it. And uh, for the more majority of people that I've met, um, that means that you are either a self-identifying Satanist or a self-identifying atheist, you know, an atheist that focuses on their own lives. Um, so I, I think it's really important as Satanists to understand that, uh, one, we should not try to indoctrinate anyone, let alone our children. And two, that, uh, you know what, it, just because they're your kids doesn't mean they're going to be a Satanist and you should... Be okay with that because you love them. They're your fucking children. So encourage them in whatever path they choose. So I really, really dig that, uh, uh, what you said there. Well, let's um, let's move it a little bit back here to Ice Satanist. So when you first started, was it only the the coin? Was that the first product you offered? Yeah, that was the first thing I offered up there. Uh, uh, You know, I I, I knew other products were coming because I'm like, I'm going to go full full bore with this thing now. I've sculpted some pieces myself and things like that for wall hangings. And I said, you know what? Let me make some molds of these and see if other people like them. And they, they like those as well. There's a brimstone uh, symbol that I, a friend actually, uh, a mind, uh, actually uh, molded that one. And um, nice. he actually, you know, he sculpted and molded the brimstone uh, symbol that I have. But the Levay sigil I did uh, myself and molded myself. Um, it's not... Uh, you know, exact, an exact replica. It's just, it's more of a, you know, just another take on it, like another rendition of it. But, uh, so people seem to be liking it. I'm holding a purple one in my hand right now. Someone wanted a purple one. So, so I got, I got to ship that out tomorrow. Nice. But, uh, yeah. And, and I have other things coming. I mean, I, uh, I let you in on a little secret, uh, <laughs> that, uh, should be released in a couple of days. And like I said, the, the, uh, sterling silver pieces will be out. I'm looking into doing some rings. I've had uh, um, some higher-up, uh, you know, reverends and ministers ask me about uh, the possibility of getting some cufflinks made and, uh, you know, sterling silver lapel pins and things like that. So 
I think I'm going to, you know, release a lot of things in the future. Just, it's just, it takes time for these things to, to happen for people to, uh, manufacture them and things like that. So once they happen, I'll, I'll, I'll keep everybody updated on the Facebook page. Of course, that's where all the announcements are. Uh, well, since you mentioned it, what's the, what's the URL for that Facebook page? I'm sorry? Oh, since you mentioned the Facebook page, uh, where can people go to, like, what's the, what's the, what's the title, the URL for that Facebook page? Oh, that is, uh, let me look here, because I don't, you know, whatever. I mean, is it just like Facebook.com slash iSatanist? Oh, yeah, it is, yeah, that is it, yes, exactly. Okay, I just want to make sure, because sometimes there's, (laughs) yeah, sometimes people change it up a little bit, I just didn't know if it was going to be just straightforward like that. Um, Yep, slash iSatanist, yep. So okay, so let me let me ask. Uh, how long, how long ago did you start Ice Satanist again? Oh shoot! Wait, 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 three or four months ago. So really, really no. Three or four months. Yeah, about four <laughs> months. Maybe. Four months. <laughs> I, for some reason, I, I genuinely thought it was around a little bit longer than that. That is so. It's very new. Wow! And you're already coming out with so many different variations and different offerings. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, and, I, and we're up to 830 likes. I know a thousand is a, is a milestone, and I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm glad people are uh, liking it and, and, and getting the uh, updates, uh, you know, and interested in knowing what's coming out and what, what's uh, what's new. So, well, it is important because I mean, if you can get a quality product that represents an ideology you connect with so intimately, uh, in a reasonable amount of time, then uh, there's yeah. no fucking reason why you shouldn't be able to succeed. So that's fantastic. And, and really most good. importantly, most importantly, endorsed by the church. Yeah. 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 To me, that's very, that's very important. Uh, okay. You know, so what's to, your, what, what's the end game of I Satanist, if I can ask? Um, to become filthy rich. <laughs> no, no. I mean, seriously. To rule the, the, the world. <laughs> right, right. Of course. No, um, I guess the end game is to, to always be there. Um, I want to outlast, uh, you know, the, all these um, satanic companies that have come out and have failed. Um, I, I want to be the one that's still around. I want to be the, the, the go-to place. I want to be the, the reliable source for uh, these products and more to come. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think as long as you're open to... Uh, offering what your target market wants, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to to mm-hmm. outlast everyone. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest problem in um, a lot of uh, small businesses is customer service. I, I mean, as long as as long as you're dedicated to that, then people are willing to wait for quality uh, yeah. as long as you can communicate with them. So that's that's really great. Um, so, do you have any business experience? Uh, outside of Isatanus, or is this something where you just thought, you know what, there's there's a vacuum here, uh, I'm going to fill well, it. I've, 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 I've dabbled, I mean, you know, a couple of things. Uh, I'm a graphic designer, web designer, web developer, uh, so I've been pretty much, uh, you know, on my own doing that as well. I've worked for a few companies, of course, but I mostly uh, work for myself doing that. And yeah. um, it's a little business, I guess you could say, because, uh, I mean, I'm working for myself. Um, oh shoot! Sorry, Hello? I'm getting. Yeah, no, I'm here. I, I'm getting weird calls on the phone. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in. I'm into other things. I started a, 
another company that haven't hit the internet yet. Um, so I don't want to say the name of it or anything, but uh, right. we're making post-apocalyptic weaponry. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it's a it's a friend of mine who's a uh, is like welder slash fabricator, um, and we're coming up with the craziest looking things you've ever seen. I mean, it's like Mad Max meets uh, shoot. I don't know, Blade. It's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But, yeah. So it's, that'll be released soon, and I'll, I'll let some people know about it and uh, try to get that out there as well, because we're coming up with some really crazy things that are uh, you know, battle-ready, combat-ready. You know, not, yeah. not, not just something you hang on the wall, something that you could, uh, when a zombie apocalypse happens, you know, it's going to be a good tool. You could actually <laughs> use That's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, definitely keep me uh, keep me posted on that because I'm, I'm interested. Right. That's that's pretty cool. We'll do. All right, John. It's been a lot of fun, man. I had a lot of a lot of fun talking with you throughout the episode, and then uh, learning yeah. a little bit more about isatanist.com. Same here. I had a great time. All right. So if people want to reach you, check out Facebook slash isatanist, and then go to isatanist.com. Look at all of his products. Uh, he already mentioned that something's going to be released here in a couple of days. So check back as this is released in a day and then uh you know every day following until you see what that is and i'm sure it'll be uh, posted if you're active on social networking as well though i know a lot of you yeah. listeners if, are not if i can add one more thing is uh the the facebook page is the place to go make sure that you like it because that is the only place that i announce coupon codes for for you know whatever holidays and things like that so i offer for you know percentages off of products and things like that and that's the only people that are going to see that are the people that like me on Facebook. I don't announce it on the website. All right. Well, there you have it. If you're listening, make sure you like it. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll definitely post it on uh, Nine Cents as well so everyone can see it there. Great. So, all right, man. Well, that's going to do it for another show. And for you, the audience, <clears throat> we hope you enjoyed it. And we'd love to hear from you. Visit the website, 9centspodcast.com, and see your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the SatanNet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics, or check out the Facebook page for iSatanist and get updated on coupon codes and product offerings there as well. Download the show on Mondays uh, via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last.fm, Stitcher, and YouTube, so look for us there. And you can subscribe to 9 cents via iTunes by searching 9 cents. And for those of you who do, I really appreciate a rating and comment. It means a lot, and it sets me apart from all these shitty pretenders out there. And remember, the bottom line here, people, if you want to learn more about the Church of Satan, if you want to know about true Satanism, the only version that there is, churchofsatan.com is the place. Check it out. And the only way that we're going to continue doing this podcast is if you continue telling a friend, share nine cents. We really appreciate the correspondence. Once again, thank you for joining me. As always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined uh, this week by... John H. Shaw. And until next week, hail Satan. Okay.